attention with me to the gospel according to John chapter 3. And we found, and in the hearing of the reading of the word of God from Numbers 21, the context of the passage that I'm going to read in John chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. And Moses, or as Moses, lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And as Moses lifted up the servant, the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted. Let's pray. Father, we, left, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you in advance for a word from heaven today. In the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Stop the plague in Jesus' name. Stop the plague in Jesus' name. A biblical plague is anything that afflicts or troubles. It's a disaster. A plague is a curse. Plagues are any contagious disease that are deadly. When a plague is a disease, it attacks many people about the same time and spreads through one or several communities. Today, biblical plagues are called, or biblical, biblical plagues as a disease that spreads throughout a community or a nation is called an epidemic. When that epidemic spreads beyond the community or a nation, it is called a pandemic. And that infectious disease has the potential of causing thousands and millions to not only be ill, but to be struck down by death. The word plague occurs in the Bible some 100 times, primarily in the Old Testament. The most common example most of us are aware of is recorded for us in the Word of God in Exodus chapter 7 through 11, where God brought upon the people of Egypt some 10 plagues. Plagues are also mentioned in the book of Revelation as a judgment from God during the last of the last days. Whenever God allows or causes a plague of disease or affliction, there are at least four reasons why these plagues occur. And the first reason a plague occurs is because of divine punishment for sin. Punishment for sin. In Exodus chapter 32, verses 33 through 35, we see an example of God punishing the nation of Israel for idol worship, and he brought a plague. Secondly, God causes plagues or allows plagues to be used to purify us from sin, to punish us for sin, and also to purify us from the sins that we've committed. 
There's a third reason why God allows or causes plagues to afflict us to become epidemics and pandemics, and that is to perplex the wise, to confuse the wise. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27. The Word of God says, but God chooses the foolish things of the world to shame, to embarrass the wise. God chooses the weak things of the world to shame or embarrass the strong. God chooses the lowly things this world has despised, and, and, and the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to invalidate, to bring to nothing the things that are. God will allow a plague or cause a plague to cause men to realize that we don't have all the answers to cause men to realize that they don't and we don't have the solutions that are ailing man. And so God will perplex us through plagues. God will punish us and purify us through plagues. Well, all I'm trying to say is God is trying to get our attention. There's a fourth reason why God will cause or allow plagues, and that's to prove that he's all-powerful. It proves the power of God. Uh, we quote this scripture a lot from 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 13 through 14. And, uh, and, and, and all four of the elements that God punishes, uses plagues to punish for sin, to purify us by taking us away from sin, to perplex us, and to demonstrate his power. This passage of scripture il illustrates all four of those reasons why God uses plagues. Here's what Solomon says before the nation of Israel enters into the temple that Solomon has built in the, under the direction of God and the anointing of the Spirit of God. Here's what Solomon says. God says to Solomon while he's praying, he says, when I shut up the heavens so that there's no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, that's God's power. He shuts up the heaven. He sends the locusts. He causes it not to rain. Uh, and then he says, he, so that's God's power. Now he, we see an example of the perplexity of God. He says, if my people would humble themselves and pray. He's saying, this is not about vaccinations. This is not about medical expertise. He said, let me perplex you. Here's how we solve this, by humility in prayer. Yeah. And so God says, if you humble yourselves and pray, and turn from your wicked ways. Here's the example that God punishes us because of sin. If we turn from our wicked ways, God said he'd heal our land. And then he said, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive you of your sins. So not only does God punish for sin, demonstrate his power, perplexes us by saying the solution is not in man but in humility and prayer, he says, here's how, I'm going to pure, here's how I'm going to purify you. He says, I will heal your land and forgive you of your sins. And so God has a purpose for the coronavirus that is sweeping the nations. Now, when we turn our attention to John chapter 3, verses 14 through 15, as I've already read, the scripture says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, when God caused the plague to come upon the people because of their sin, this is, he said, this verse 
what Jesus is going to do, he liked the serpent that Moses lifted up. And when people looked at the serpent that was lifted up and they believed, the Bible says they were healed. And so this, the same Jesus that John is talking about, he said, he will come. And in this case, he had already come in the world. He will be lifted up. And those who look to Jesus for the solution. When we, when we turn to Jesus, we, we're asking the Lord today, stop the plague in Jesus' name. When you look up to him by faith, you'll be healed from that which God has unleashed upon the nations. I want to share just three things regarding how the plague will be stopped in Jesus' name. We need to understand that spiritual problems require spiritual solutions. Spiritual problems can't be washed away by hand sanitizer or fist pumps or social distancing. Uh, uh, you're not going to be able to heal your spiritual problems or mind with extra toilet tissue or an ample supply of water. Check out what the Word of God says in Mark chapter 7 about what the real issue is. See, plagues come from God because of sin. And so if sin is the issue, this is not, uh, 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 this is not simply climatic. This is not simply political. This is a spiritual problem that God is trying to address. Just like when our children were disobedient. When I was growing up, my mother had a chastising rod. My dad had a rod of correction. It was called a strap or whatever they had in their hand. Uh, well, God's chastising strap for the nations is called corona right now. It's a spiritual problem. Check out what the word says in Mark chapter 7, verses 17 through 23. After he had left the crowd and he entered the house, his disciples asked him about the parable. And Jesus turned to them and said, are you so dull? He asked, don't you understand that this ain't no natural problem? This is a spiritual problem. Now, they, if they were with Jesus uh, uh, three and a half years, obviously we're going to struggle with these things too. Now, he says, uh, he, he, so he said, are you, are you so dull? Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into the heart, the core of who we are, our nature. How about when bad things happen, you really see what's happening on the inside of us? <laughs> you see the best or the worst. And so he says, what is coming from the outside is not what's causing the problem. It's, one, it's what's on the inside, the core of who we are, the spirit man. But into their, it goes into the stomach and then out of the body. We, 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 we discard it. And he says, he goes on to say in verse 20, he went on, what comes out of a person is, what, is not what defiles them, for it is not, for it is not from within. Out of a person's nature, David says, I was, I was shaped in sin and conceived in iniquity. We are naughty by nature. We have a sin nature. We have a fallen Adamic nature. Our problem is not on the outside. That's why you can wash every counter down. You can stay as far as you want from the next person, but it won't deal with our heart. 
shaped in iniquity and born in sin. For within a person's heart are evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, and arrogance, and folly. All of these evils come from inside and defile a person. I don't, sin, I don't become a sinner because I sin. I sin because I'm a sinner. My problem, I found the enemy, and the enemy is in me. It's a spiritual issue. I find it ironic that no one has called for national prayer. And repentance, every day we listen to the experts, and they've given us statistics. I haven't heard one leader say, this nation has offended God. Let's call for national prayer. Let, we need to repent. We need to return to God. God is upset. We need to stop this plague. Yes, wash your hands and observe the, the specific instructions. But more than anything, until we turn to God, I want you to, we, the corona is one, one plague, but we've had a plague of hatred and racism and, and discrimination. That plague has been over this nation, over this country from the time it began. And so the plague has been here. But God says, let me give you something that you can understand that will stop you, that will shut down your sporting events, that will change the way you go to restaurants, will change the way you buy your groceries, will change the way you, what you trust in, and you trust in the stock market. I want you to understand that I am in charge of these things. I'll get your attention. But even with all that is occurring, we're not turning to God. We're turning to science. Yeah, I want to follow what the scientists are saying, but what God is saying in red, neon, flashing lights, you have offended me. You have sinned. This judgment that has come is not because of, it's man-made. It's because you have disobeyed me. You have violated my word. It's interesting that we're not calling for prayer. We should be on our faces before, before my almighty God. Somebody say amen. When you try to deal with a spiritual problem through natural means, it's kind of like somebody coming to you and they just got shot. And they're, just, they're bleeding profusely. And you say, all right, I, I'll handle this. I'm going to take care of you. And you go get a Band-Aid and you put over the, 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 where the bullet entered, you put a Band-Aid over it and the blood stops. But you notice that the man's not getting better. Eventually, he dies, and you say to yourself, well, wait a minute. Uh, I put a Band-Aid on it, and, 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 and the bleeding stops. So why is he dead? Because the, the cause of the problem is not the symptom. The blood is the symptom. The cause, the reason, man, the reason the man died is because he got shot. You've got to deal with the bullet. You've got to deal with the damage. You've got to deal with what you can't see with the natural eye. The issue is not a natural problem that brings the play. Spiritual problems need to have spiritual solutions. Somebody say amen. You can be plagued by tormenting thoughts. You can be plagued by a heart that doesn't forgive. You can be plagued by fear. And the solution to those plagues, to those distractions, to those consequences of not trusting God is to turn to him. Somebody say amen. I hear the word of God says, there is a bomb in Gilead. There is a, there's something that will deal with your sin. Take soul. 
spiritual problems need to be dealt with by spiritual means. We need to turn to God in repentance as a nation fall on our faces with our families and cry out to God. The scripture said, if my people who are called by my name, if we would humble ourselves, if we would simply pray, I know it makes no sense. I know it seems too simple, but he said, if you pray and turn to me and forsake your wicked ways, I, oh Elohim, the God of all strength and power, I'll stop the play. <laughs> Sin must be acknowledged and forsaken for true healing. So we've identified that spiritual problems need spiritual solutions. And so now that I know that I've got a spiritual problem that's upset God and he's bringing divine judgment, how can a loving God bring divine judgment? God is love. But he also, the Bible says that the anger of God is revealed from heaven. The wrath of God is on display from heaven against all ungodliness. God is God's a God of love, but he's also holy and he's righteous. And so the judgment of God, the wrath of God is abiding over all of us as long as we suppress, hold down the truth in our unrighteous thoughts and ways. Somebody say amen. Sin must be acknowledged and forsaken for true, true healing. Oh, we'll come up with a, vac uh, a, a vaccination. We'll come up with some type of remedy, and this will eventually die down. But that doesn't mean that the plague is gone. Because we have a spiritual problem in America. We have a spiritual problem in the world. Somebody say amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. There's an example of this that is uh, what God requires for the plague to stop in Numbers chapter 21, verses 4 through 9. And it was already read. The Bible says, as they were traveling through Mount Hor among the, on, among the route, to the Red Sea. They're heading to the Red, they're heading to the promised land, being directed by God by a cover of a cloud cover during the day while they're going through the desert to keep them cool. And a pillar of fire by night so they could see as they're walking. And the scripture says, as they were making their way to the promised land, as God was directing them through Moses, God was giving his word for his will for his people to Moses. The scripture says that they begin to become distressed, discouraged. The scripture says they became impatient. And they began to complain against God. And they said, Lord, why have you brought us this way and through Moses' leading so that we can die in the wilderness? You should have left us in Egypt. You brought us out here to die. And then they said, not only did you bring us out here to die, but there's no bread and no water. What kind of God would leave his people without bread and water? The people came to Moses and said, and so then when they, as they, they, they then they said, here's, here's what really will, will rock you when you read this. He says, and we detest this miserable food. Guess where the food came from? God had provided it for them. They prayed for, for food. God gave them manna, and now they're cursing what God gave them. Sounds a little bit like the way we do. 
And so then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people and many Israelites died. A plague, God sent a plague of venomous snakes among them. Now watch what happens when God punishes them for their sin. Then the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned. We have spoken against the Lord Jehovah and against you. Now here's the repentance. He said, pray that the Lord will take away the snakes, snakes in the plains, snakes in the Thank God, take away the snakes. So God blessed Moses. The Bible says, so Moses prayed for the people. Then here's the power of the Lord to purify from sin. The Lord said to Moses, make a snake and put it on a pole, a rod. Anyone who is bitten, didn't say you wouldn't be bitten, didn't say you might get, not get the virus, you might not get, get sick. said anyone who is bitten can look up and they'll live. So Moses obeyed God and made the bronze snake and he put it up on a pole. Then when anyone who was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they looked and lived. They looked and lived. And so here's what we see. We see, first of all, we see the sin of the people. Let me share what the sin of the people is. There are four, four, four particular things that they, they did. They rejected the will of God. They complained. They became impatient. You ever become impatient with the will of God? You write in the, they were where God led them. When you are following the word of God, guess what? You are in the will of God. But if the will of God doesn't match what your wants are, you'll do and we'll do like the nation of Israel. They were impatient and discouraged because they didn't want to be in the will of God. And when we don't want to be in the will of God, it's like saying, God, you really don't know what's best for me. Why don't you just get off the throne and, and let me take a seat here and, and let me show you and demonstrate because I know better than you. I, let, let, let me be God. When you reject the will of God for your life, that's a sin because God knows what's best, is, what's best for you. The Bible says many are the plans that are in our hearts, but the will of God will be accomplished. God knows what's best. And so they reject, well, you don't like this. It ain't fun. How many of you know that God didn't say living for him would be fun? I hear in the word of God said, take up your cross and follow me while you are in the world. Last I know, that's where we are. You will experience trials and tribulation. They didn't, ah, we want off this. We don't, we don't want to be on this, this, this train. Then they attacked the motive of God. That's, and, and the messenger of God, when you attack the motives of God and say he doesn't really care, he doesn't really love you, he doesn't have my best interest, they, was, they, say, they, say, they say, the reason God did this, he's a sadist. So he brought us out here to die. That's it, basically they were saying, God, I know you said you were taking us to the promised land, but when you challenge the character of God, you're calling God a liar. I want you to know we've called God a liar in this country by rejecting not only his will, but his ways. Somebody said God's ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. Ways of heaven are higher than the earth. So are God's thoughts and his ways higher than I say of the Lord. And so they said, Lord, you're, you, you, you don't have the right motive. You brought us out here to die. Then they accused God 
are failing to meet their needs. There's no water. There ain't no bread. Where the chicken? Where the biscuits? I, I, I thought we were going to have some biscuits this morning. Where my coffee? And I don't understand. Now, the reason why I know that there was bread and water is because when they went to Moses and asked him to pray, they weren't asking for bread and water. They already had it. They just didn't like having to get it the way God was instructing them. See, what God was doing, he was providing their daily needs. You know how that is. You got a loaf of bread under your arm, chicken in your t- the corner of your teeth, and you're talking about what I'm going to eat tomorrow. I don't know. I know the refrigerator's full today, but what about tomorrow? They didn't need water or bread. They had it. They accused God of not meeting their needs. We've heard this before. David said, I've been young, and now I'm old. But I've never, not one time in my entire lifetime, seen the righteous forsaken. Oh, God, am I right about it? I've never seen. God has met my every need. He's never left me. He's never forsaken me. How dare us call God a liar? You didn't meet our needs. And then <laughs> we see another accusation. They detested what God had provided. You didn't pray for a husband, and God gave you the husband. And now you're protesting and cursing what God gave you. And so in order to get, re- to get forgiveness, they, they went to Moses and they said, please pray. Let, 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 let's just get this plague straightened out. Uh, this snake thing ain't no fun. We confess that we have, we have spoken against you and your messenger. And Moses prayed. You see, the, you see the sequence here. They repented, and God, through prayer, through prayer, through prayer, gave a provision, and the people were healed. This is a spiritual problem. We got a sin issue. Now, what the pole, the serpent in the Old Testament was to the nation of Israel, Jesus, the Savior, is our serpent who's been lifted up. And John chapter 3 said, just like Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, Jesus would be lifted up. And those who look up to him by faith shall be saved. Now, here's the good news. Jesus don't not only saved me from my sin, past, present, and future, but he also, the Bible says, he will provide all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And the Bible says, I can do all things through who? Through him who strengthens me. So when I look up to him for my answers to this plague, I find my solutions. Jesus is the one who has been lifted up for us. He is our Savior. Why did God do it? John 3.16 tells us, for God so loved the world. We didn't deserve it. We deserve divine judgment. We deserve the coronavirus. We deserve divine separation. But God is a great loving God. He's a God of compassion. The Bible says he's not slow concerning his promises towards us, but he's long-suffering. He's patient. He's not willing that any should perish. That's why he sent Jesus. That's why he's waiting for you, and he's waiting for me. The Savior is our serpent who's lifted up. 
Jesus is our solution for the problem that we're facing today that is spiritual if we simply turn to him from our sins, we will be forgiven. Let me quickly give you some things that will demonstrate that you have looked up to Jesus for the solution to our spiritual problem. One of the things that will be true of you is that you will be praying for one another in the world. Here's what you can do in the new direction during this time. Get in your prayer closet with your family and pray. Pray for this country. Pray for the world. Secondly, provide for your neighbor's need, especially the elderly, especially the older folks in our church. We want to bless them. Here's a third thing. While the world is running around in full and utter panic, we need to be proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the answer. Jesus is not uh, lacking in the solution. We need to be proclaiming the good news. Finally, we need to place our, per our total trust in Christ as we follow practical instructions to continue to be healthy. So I'm going to place my trust in Christ, but I'm also going to, I'm not going to be, I ain't getting it, it can't happen to me, I ain't going to quarantine. No, no, we want to be obedient so that we can live another day to proclaim and pray and put our total trust in the Lord. When they turn to the Lord by obedience, even after complaining, even after years of disobedience, even after God's judgment has been upon us and we've not recognized that we got a spiritual problem, the good news is when God hears us cry out to him, he will make a way for our sins to be forgiven and for us to be restored. Now, it may not make any sense when he says, humble yourself and pray. It may not make much sense when he says, look up to a serpent on the staff. But I declare to you, if you simply believe what God has said and do what he says, you will find healing. You will find peace in the middle of the storm. I hear the word of God say, be anxious for nothing. But in all things, by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. And here's what I, he says he'll do. The peace of God that, that, that surpasses all human comprehension. He said he's going to, who's the solution? It will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Stop the plague in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for all that you're doing. 